This is the ICO Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the ICO Podcast. I'm Kent. And I'm Clayton. And the big day is now behind us and I don't even know what to say or how to describe the experience that was three nights of Odessa for the return in Seattle, their first shows back since 2019. And the first time we heard not only music from the new album, but also from Bronson. And Live Bronson, everyone. So much more. So... Ha everybody that went knows exactly how I feel about this. So yeah, I wasn't there. Let's just yeah. get that out of the way right now. This whole episode's gonna be Kent gushing and me just kind of crying in the corner. Being sad. Being sad yes. in general. But living so, vicariously through the fam and all the beautiful things everyone posted. Yeah, there were several different fam meetups, at least from folks who are really uh, prevalent in the Facebook group and some in Discord as well. So there was a nice uh, beach party on Thursday night, which I was not in town early enough to enjoy, but it sounded like almost 70 or 80 people showed up. So that oh, wow. was awesome. really impressive. And then we took a big group photo right outside the venue next to the fountains on Friday, right before the show. And then there was a delightful brunch at Queen Anne's Beer Hall uh, I was hoping you'd uh, make it out to the brunch. And basically, it was a Odessa fam takeover of the entire venue. <laughs> I, w- I walked in thinking it was going to be a couple of tables, but no, it was the entire row of tables in the middle of the venue. It was just That's all awesome. fam. So really, really nice to see uh, s- so many people and finally put faces with names of folks that we've been you know, communicating with for years now on Facebook. But lots of familiar faces from Sundara and other Odessa gatherings. So it was just a super special moment. Uh, the shows themselves, based on my predictions of what would happen on the show, here's my my two sentence recap. I thought that the depth of the catalog that they reached into was was way deeper than I ever ever expected. So a lot more music from past albums than I thought there would be. And so that was a a pro. And then a bit of a con was not very many special guests. Yeah. So, you know, we thought that this would be the show where everybody would walk out. Basically everyone featured on the album would just stroll. Then I'll be there. It'd be crazy. Their thing. But there wasn't. So Charlie Houston was there and uh Naomi Wild was there and that was it as far as vocalists. And Naomi, uh if you listen to the last episode, you heard me try to remember struggling yeah, to remember who, who the artist was, was going to be. There. And I could not think of her name. Uh and actually it wasn't for some reason, I I had a different person in mind, but it 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 was Naomi, and she actually ended up singing Morrow's part on ah uh, on Better Now. The, yes, and then she did you know her her own stuff too from A Moment Apart. So it was a treat, uh, and Naomi has an incredible story, which I just recently found out that I'm going to save for a future episode. But 
how it all came to be that she's on stage with Odessa is fascinating. But she has a debut album coming out very soon as well, so she's got a lot of stuff going on in go, her girl. world. Um, but Betty Lovett was not there in person, unfortunately. It's, Which, it's, frankly, since Betty's our everybody's grandma now, I kind of was a little concerned. I was like, "Oh no, is Betty okay? What's going on with Betty? <laughs> like, did, did they did they have to cancel her appearance? Even though it's pure speculation that she was ever going to be there in the first place, right?" But based on our conversation with her, I thought maybe she would. But it's also possible that she, you know that would be saved for a show that's maybe closer to home for her in the Northeast. Um, who knows? I think some of the feedback that I saw from other folks was that they were surprised not every song from the new album, The Last Goodbye, was featured on stage during this show. That is the most surprising thing that I was hearing. I was kind of yeah. expecting it to, per our predictions that you already said, I was expecting yeah. it to be, first things first, let's get this album out of the way. Yeah. And then secondary, we'll get to some a moment apart and some in return and whatever. But like... I am shocked that it, they didn't even get through the whole catalog of this one album that they're promoting on this tour. No, and there were a couple in particular that folks were upset about, um, but they're a little more down-tempo songs, I guess sure. I would say. And I, ha- I have listened and read interviews with the guys about you know how they craft their shows, and I think their intent for this one was to be a much more upbeat danceable party bombastic of sorts yeah so i think it was intentional and as we've mentioned in in other episodes you know this is leg one of this tour and also this is just the this could be a slightly different set list than the rest of this right leg one will even be it could have been reserved just for the return i have seen photos of the actual printed set list and it does say TLG tour summer 22 and I also think it's funny it says version 6.0 so I, love I don't that. know yeah so I love it so much I kind of would have preferred if it was 6.3 final 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 v2 <laughs> or something Copy. because that would be more relatable but there are you know 26 different tracks on there there you know several different mashup songs that they did old and new um, for instance, the song in the last episode that I said we probably would not hear was literally the third song that we heard during the show, and that was Something About You, but it was a VIP mix that they mashed up with Love Letter, so... Ugh. and I, I've, I have gone through, I've spoiled myself a little bit. The night of the first show, I was awake in my bed just opening Discord, watching all the spoilers people were posting. Oh, and when I yeah. saw that, I was like, okay, well, everything's off the table now, I and know. anything can happen. Like, we're just starting it off that way. Yeah. I just had no idea that some of these songs would be back in here that, that we came to love so much as part of the Moment Apart tour, and then they came back for this one. There was even a little drum and bass version of Falls that came out. Oh, my. And, yeah, all sorts of, tons of VIP edits. If you look at the track list, it's just... VIP, 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 VIP. So, you know, it's not just stuff that we're necessarily tired of by any means. You know, it's no. a new twist on all their stuff. So the production, of course, is 
always going to be good, but I had to. I managed my expectations going into it because I didn't want to be disappointed. Classic. Yeah, and I knew a moment apart was so epic that I was trying really hard to not compare it to that, Mm -hmm. knowing that it might be difficult to top that. But by golly, I think (laughs) they did it. I think they actually gave us something bigger and better than what we had before. And I think part of it is the venue. Beautiful space. Brand new, essentially. Brand new indoor venue where you can just absorb every lighting effect. What I especially liked about this space was that it was, you know, kind of a long haul. So it almost gave you the warehouse feeling at times because they put they put lighting all the full length of the arena and then all along the sides between like the 100 and 200 level they had a a, um like a row of led panels that none of us knew were there until maybe six songs in and then all of a sudden (laughs) they just lit up and so you have this if you were on the floor, at least, you had this total 360 just Man. boom experience. But there were some moments where I felt more like I was at a Factory 93 stage at an Insomniac event, you know, EDC or something, just very house, warehousey feel. So the production Proven. was incredible. The, the one thing that does concern me about the rest of this tour is the majority of the shows are at outdoor amphitheaters. So... I don't think you get quite the same production immersion at those types. In fact, I can guarantee you're not going to get those. So it'll be interesting to see if there are ways that they try to mimic that or or do something. Yeah. I'm I'm anxious to see what, how that all goes down. The LA shows are indoors. So I guess those will probably be really similar, but most of the other ones, except I think, the one in Minneapolis, I think all the others are at outdoor venues. So so the first night I had floor seats, and then the second and third night I ended up in the first section of seats, mm-hmm. center stage. And I'm not sure which one I liked better. I, I, I actually think I liked the seats a little more just because I had an unobstructed view of everything from there especially the the 360 effects where you could just really see everything in front of you a lot of odessa fam especially those that took the group photo beforehand ended up on the rail and i know that they Mm. got a totally different experience than the rest of us because i even saw some folks comment on videos that came out later that they're like holy crap that's like a whole different this show, whole new show yeah, you went yeah. to. And and some people did do the rail the first night and then back in the seats the second and or third night to get that mixture of experience. But, uh, you know, the show itself was exactly the same each night. Yeah. Um, the, the, the commentary that Clayton and Harrison added to the show differed just a little bit between yeah. nights. But for the most part, it was, you know, exactly the same show. So. Well, something I want to talk about is the fact that if you were somehow finding yourself in Seattle right before these shows with no ticket in hand, that was 
not a problem <laughs> at all. People were I just know. giving them away. I know. Yeah. Like, and I saw one guy. It was, I laughed really hard when he did this, but it was like the day before his show. Like, I think he had day two tickets, and he's like, "Hey guys, it's Friday. I'm gonna. I'm trying to sell these for what I got for them." And I was like, "Dude, uh, you yeah. cannot. There will. Not you, no one's gonna buy those. I that know. is not going to happen." I know. I had to laugh at that too. I was one of those people that did not have tickets for Saturday and Sunday. I, you know, bought that first night uh, ticket back when they did the secret Discord presale. Uh, so got a good deal on that, but I just thought I'm going to wait it out and see what happens. Just see what happens. And sure enough, I got tickets both nights for twenty five dollars. You can hate me if you want to. So much. So uh, much. There were basically people who, you know, were just saying I I can't make it for a number of reasons. I'm literally just trying to get anything I possibly mm-hmm. can. And I almost felt bad suggesting twenty five dollars to to someone, but I saw that other people's tickets in that same section were going for that price. So I just said yeah. like, here's what I can offer because I knew I would just grab something else if not and people went for it. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, the te- amount of people just giving them away of just yeah. I I'm not using them, take them. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. Please someone at least enjoy the show since yep. I can't. Yeah. Um I did think that the merch that was on site and at the pop-up was slightly disappointing because there was nothing specifically branded for the return. Right. And nothing exclusive for that event. And besides the poster you know, there was nothing that even just said Seattle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, friends that went to the first night of the sh- of the show had called that out as well. You know, like, well, we want to buy something, but we wanted to say Seattle in the return. And I just yeah. don't think they made anything. Um, the pop-up shop was insanely busy the entire weekend. I mean, I saw people saying that they got in line at, like two thirty and didn't get in until five thirty or yeah, something. Or crazy. or eight thirty in the morning and didn't get in until eleven or noon and stuff like that. I waited until Sunday, mostly because that was the only day that I really had the opportunity and I almost didn't even go because of How the length of the lines was, yeah. and stuff. But it was super close to the hotel and so I thought, well, I'm just gonna walk down there. If nothing else, I'll take a picture of the billboard that they have mm-hmm. on the building and, and just, you know, look in the window or whatever. And most people, I asked folks that were in the very front of the line how long they had waited, and they said 30 minutes. And I thought, okay, I can do that. Doing so that. I did, and I uh, met several people you know, who had driven down from Canada for the show for that night and hadn't seen it yet, so they oh, were cool. super excited. And I met people who, you know, this was going to be their third night of seeing the show, so we were you know, talking about all the nuances and everything. But uh, super cool space. I think the best part of the pop-up was the little piece of memorabilia they had from the A Moment Apart <laughs> tour, <laughs> which was, was awesome. a Lego rocket that they bought at the mall of america in minneapolis and they assembled on the back of the tour bus and then everybody signed it and they had that on display there along with some other little things that i guess had been made along the way but that was definitely the best part of that experience so Um, i didn't so question for you yeah was the pop-up merch the exact same as the stuff on sale at the show? I am not exactly sure, but it was really close. I think they had a couple of items that were only at the pop-up. Okay. But That's what the, I thought, too. Just looking yeah. around, I was like, hmm. 
for the most part, it seemed like everything was also available at the venue itself. And they had multiple merch stands inside the venue, and then they had a merch truck, almost like a food truck, outside the venue that was open pretty much all afternoon. So you could go over early and grab stuff there, too. Um, I, I saw less at Climate Pledge Arena about in being environmentally friendly than I thought I would see. I don't know. I th- just thought maybe there would be the equivalent of Electric Forest Electricology team that would be awarding yeah, you. Not necessarily yeah. awarding you for doing but just something that seemed outwardly sustainable. Sure. And there were some things that almost seemed counter to that. For instance... For whatever reason, on the floor, the GA area, you couldn't bring cans of beer that they were selling you in the concession stand. So you had to pour that can into a plastic cup and then throw away the can and waste another cup that so I don't know maybe there were compostable cups or whatever interesting but and it was weird. very frustrating watching that go down from the stands. I thought, what? What are you doing? That's, What's that's That doesn't make any sense at all. My only thought is maybe it's harder to throw a unlitted cup at someone than it uh, is a can of Harder, but eye. not impossible. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. I, I don't know. But they did have water refill stations, and they let you bring in an empty water bottle into oh, the nice. venue to use. Well, that's, so I didn't, yeah, that's a lot know, better than most places. Exactly. So in that sense, you know, I didn't have to pay $10 for a bottle of water or anything. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah, they did have some really interesting food options. Um, probably the best food options I've seen at a concert venue, oh, including Shaq's Big Chicken Restaurant, which apparently is expanding beyond Vegas now, but that was there. They had um, really nice pizza options and uh, lots of other, like, made-to-order nachos and all sorts of other things. Almost like a Chipotle-style nacho stand, stuff like that. So, Oh, nice. It was, it was really nice uh, for those that were interested in eating food at any of the shows, which I, unfortunately, was not. So, lot, lots of, lot of food in Seattle. It's really easy to fill up before Indeed. you get to the arena. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, let's see. After parties were Friday and Saturday night called Secret Delivery over at the Showbox, which is actually a really cool historic venue. I think it said it was opened in 1939. So during oh, wow. know, World War II. I didn't II. know it was that historic. Yeah. And uh, didn't really know what to expect from those. I think in the last episode we you know talked about the fact that it might be Bronson, might be all these other things. Odessa themselves did not make an appearance whatsoever at this venue. Uh, on Friday night, the talent was, I believe it was Obli, Phantoms, and Jai Wolf. And then yep. on Saturday night was uh, Golden Features, was sort of the headliner. Memba was there. And oh, I nice. think one more artist, maybe maybe Gilligan or uh, I don't know. I'll have to look that one up. But again, that the golden features tidbit was leaked a little bit. So people knew that that was happening. Yeah, so there was even yeah. more speculation that that's Bronson. Uh, yeah, exactly. But 
It was not. So somebody did talk to Tom, a.k.a. Golden Features, afterwards, and I think he mentioned that the guys were just they're just really worried about COVID. And so, you know, the fewer interactions they can have with mass crowds, especially at a venue that size, it was a small place. So if COVID was anywhere, it would have been right there, like in their face at that size of a venue. And they have a whole tour to go on and they really, really don't want to screw that up. Exactly. I almost wondered if they built in this 10 day break between Seattle and LA specifically worried that maybe someone very would good point of it yeah not even just them but anybody on the crew anybody who's a major part of the show could come it's down a with large it team and, yeah nonetheless uh they did have some pretty cool VIP offerings that were more so merch bundles that were being handed out. So if you bought the VIP add-on for mm-hmm. the actual arena show, then you got this really cool holographic poster and a pin set that was exclusive to that. You couldn't even buy them if you wanted. Oh, wow. There I tried. Trust me. I, I tried. Many people. And then it was in a tote bag that also you know, had the logo and everything else on it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I actually tried to talk myself into getting one of those because everybody that was sitting around me had one. And they said, oh, yeah, you're in the VIP section. You, Yeah. So fine. I was like, Wait a minute! I paid twenty five dollars for this ticket, and I'm going to end up with that. You sick! Bastard. So I got really excited, but then it turns out that was incorrect. It was you just you had to buy it as an add on, and the person <laughs> that bought the ticket did not get that. So that was a little bit of a roller coaster of oh, me man. thinking I'm, I was going to walk I'm gonna away. Get, I'm get the VIP back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But even the the staff working the venue had an exclusive pin that said the return Seattle Climate Pledge Arena or whatever. Oh, that's that's you couldn't buy that's nobody right. else got those. So only if you were working the show did you get the opportunity to take that thing home. And I guess somebody even mentioned that they made good enough friends with some staff at the venue who ended up giving it to them. Because I'm sure some people are like Oh, Des who? Yeah, what is this? You know, who are like, you? I don't, I don't need this. So lucky folks who were able to, to get their hands on that. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up my experience at the show. From what I'm willing to share with you, uh, Clayton, and listeners who have not been to the show at this point. Yeah, I just, we want to be careful with spoilers because the things that I have seen are frankly kind of mind-blowing when you... Yep hear them i think kent sent me like three or four videos and i was like i'll allow myself to watch these yeah i wasn't sure if you watched them or not i did oh i absolutely did okay um yeah i was i'm very excited to see it like i know these things on video are cool but seeing them live is going to be a whole nother level absolutely which is kind of how i felt and i knew i would feel about the album itself you know i listened a couple of times and i thought it's okay you know it's good it's not it's not gonna blow me away but it has a whole different feeling. I even was going back and listening to In Return and A Moment Apart and some Digging gone. back in the crate because you're like, oh, yes. man, this new VIP exactly. edit. Exactly, yeah. Especially Summer's Gone, I thought, wow, this is almost like a whole new album. I forgot all about some of these lesser-known tracks on here. It's been years 
since I've just listened yeah. through to some of these. And I did think it was kind of funny. The guys even made a tweet about all the album na- names, and they're like, Big bummers. <laughs> yeah, sorry for such bummer album names, guys. Summer's gone. In return, a moment apart, the last goodbye. The last goodbye, yeah. And I don't know how many interviews I've read or listened to now where the person has asked, you know, is this it? Is this really the last goodbye? And they're like, no, no, absolutely not. So it's not. If anyone still has that in the back of their mind, just get rid of that. Cause I think I read that interview too, and and I believe Harrison Clayton said you didn't listen to the Ico episode uh, or yes. whatever. Like, go yeah, check it yeah. out back in March when we were <laughs> trying to figure out what the heck was going on with this. But I saw one EDM blog even go on this whole rant about it's their final album and this is the blah blah. Uh, I was like, you guys so are idiots. You literally no, didn't, didn't do your homework research. on this. This is terrible. So I already noticed I'll tell friends like, Oh man, you should check out this new album I'm listening to. And they're like, is this their last album? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I have to go into it now and explain. Yep. No, Buckle there's a whole up. concept about there's no last goodbye, but you yep. know, yep. We, they knew what they were getting into with this title. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, way more Bronson than I expected in the show. Far fewer guests and a much deeper dig into the catalog. Those are my biggest takeaways from the show based on what I thought would happen yeah. before the Expectations show. Expectations versus yeah. reality. Exactly, exactly. So now they hit the road, starting with L.A. next week, and then a really intense schedule all the way through October 1st for this Leg one of the tour, I imagine we will see an indoor venue leg and then international legs and festival legs and everything else. And I'm sure we'll see some of the songs that were left out of at least this yes. leg of the tour in some of the others. I, I'll be honest, I was kind of surprised that they saved the last goodbye for the encore and I don't know if you're even fam- if you I, yes. knew that piece. I knew that. But, I did know that. I mean, it's it's it it makes sense. It is the last goodbye of the show and everything else. But in some ways, I just thought right it would be sooner in the show. Dare I ask? Because I actually don't know. Is it a VIP edit? Is it different, or is it a pretty straightforward nope. replaying? Nope. It okay. is. It is. They call it a live edit, but I mean, from what I saw or heard three times. Three nights in a row. (laughs) Yeah. It seemed to be the exact album version. They do start out really hard. So, I mean, this is like big Odessa energy from the last leg of A Moment Apart when they start with Loyal. Yeah. So they, they start with behind the sun and the drum line and everything else. Of course, this is after this version of you, the intro to both the album and the tour, which we knew was going to happen. And yet we all turned into puddles the moment that first voice comes on. I mean, this, that's what happened last tour too. Everyone knew the intro song called intro from a moment apart is going to be the beginning of the show, but it didn't matter. How many times yeah. you'd seen it or that you knew it was coming, it just it hits you like a tsunami and you're just a puddle of emotions and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. 
I can't remember if we mentioned this in the last show, but this version of you, it turns out, is actually a recording of a therapy session mm-hmm. that one of the guys went through years ago and had recorded on his phone and just stumbled upon later and thought, Insane. wait a minute, we should work this into the show. So they reached out to her and asked permission, you know, can mm-hmm. we include this? And there are some other similar samples that are included in the no sleep mix that I don't know if they're the exact same voice or if they're just supposed to be similar they're very to that. similar for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't, who knows? But nonetheless, yeah, it hits you right in the feels and then just really gets things going with, as you called it, Loyal's little brother. Loyal's cooler, or, older brother. Yeah. Uh, in other news, we did see a new album video come out on YouTube for the track that they did with The Knox. And it featured a star from uh, Bridgerton which I was not familiar with. Yeah, that went right over my head. I saw the title saying featuring so-and-so, and I was like, oh, cool. Way to give that person their, their moment to shine. But I had no idea who they were or where they came from. So good good for them. Yeah. But I do think that that video for Love Letter has a very different storyline than I was expecting. I thought it very would different. be about you know, a relationship or a series of relationships that had gone wrong or whatever, but it was really a story of perseverance in who a you want to be. A professional sense. Yeah. yeah. And like what you can become and who you are and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it's very different from the song, which is a trend I think is happening in a lot of artists nowadays. I think they're consciously making videos that subvert the song or like come at it from a different way uh, than you expect. But I'm still never prepared for it. Every time I watch yeah. it, I'm like, oh, this isn't what I had in mind at all. But it's yeah. interesting to see a different facet to that song, for sure. Yeah, and I do love the Clayton and Harrison cameo. That, In fact, that was nice. I, I screamed. Like, I was watching it, and I audibly <laughs> screamed because I was oh not God. expecting that oh my at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord so you can you can just take that little mental image and pack that ah! away and <laughs> save that for another day but oh, i just didn't didn't know it would be like that so i was very happy to see it but you know there's so many of those themes in this album of just getting breaking through of course barriers what was the the last video that came the out. Light of Day was right like the same yeah. week the album dropped. We got that video. Yeah. And so I finally watched that video on Sunday night after the show as well. A very similar theme of, you know, yeah. just persevering and how about through. that animation style though? Dude. Incredible. Yeah. Bonkers. Absolutely insane. So good I mean, to it look was, at. It was almost a bit of a a throwback feel, you know, almost like a some some claymation. It looked claymation-y and yeah. also like a painting come to life. Like it was yeah. just so many things all at once. It was wonderfully done. Yeah. And at the end, I couldn't tell if it was a good or bad outcome when he becomes I, <laughs> basically. It, it happens. It's also violent how it occurs. Yeah. You know, it's right. not like a peaceful transition or transformation. It's like, no, you're destroying the environment around you becoming this thing. So I don't know. I, I, like, I need to dive deep into some meanings on that one, I think. I, I have tiny slivers of ideas in my head but i need someone with a 
bigger brain than I to th- run through what they think is the real story there. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that has popped up. Oh, I did rewatch the trailer and I thought, oh, this is beautiful. This makes so much more sense now that I have heard the whole album and seen the show. This is way better. But when I first watched it, I was lost. It's all, it's all coming together. I, You know, the other thing I thought we would see more of on screen at the show were the home videos that we saw oh, yeah. so much of in... The te- at least the teasing of the album back in February and March and April, but I don't think there was any in the actual on-screen graphics. That is a bit of a surprise, because, I mean, it's definitely still in the album pretty prominently. There's a couple songs where you hear those clips. You'd think they would lean yeah. into that a bit more. Yeah, and I mean, they included even lesser... Uh, audible versions of those clips yeah. on stage as well. Like you kind of had to know they were there, as opposed to on the album where you can you just you know you just hear them yeah, as yeah. they're meant to be. The other thing that was cool about the venue itself is they had LED screens everywhere throughout the entryway and along the escalators and stuff like that. So they had custom made graphics that were Those part were of the show nice. yeah, that were on loop and just showing throughout the venue. So that was a really nice touch. You know, I feel like most venues aren't going to have that. Chef's kiss. Yes. yes. Nice touch. Uh, any other questions that I can answer at this time? From Dude, I just, I'm, I'm jealous and I'm happy for you guys. And I have so many questions, but for me, they're all going to be answered when I see them on this tour. So I will hold myself together until then. So there's a couple of shows that still have tickets officially available for sale. But somehow, I imagine that you could find tickets even for all the other ones that say they're still I think right so. Now. I think the 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 icosahedron will look out for you. Ah, yes. Indeed. Indeed. So I think that does it for this episode of the ICO. You can find all of our past episodes over at theicopod.com. If you have any thoughts on the show, feel free to drop a comment on this episode of the podcast. And you can also search for us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for the ICO or simply Odessa podcast and it will pop up for you. I'm Kent. And I'm Clayton. And we'll catch you next time. Later. Oh,